This is another Poets at War General Report. And here's your general, Joshua David Ling. What is good, everybody? Um, yeah, hi. Um, so I know this past uh, General's Report, I said I was going to do princesses. I know that the past Poets at War with T.K. Wilson, I said I was going to do Princess, but I didn't realize I was so close to a particular date that I've been waiting for. Uh, my father's birthday. Um, he passed away uh, in 2020, April. Um, and I've been planning on showing you guys and telling you guys a story about him for a while now, and I'm surprised I hadn't apparently done it yet. Um, but considering that his birthday is this next week, and um, I'm going to be ridiculously busy this week. Um, all kinds of media work flowing my way. Uh, I went ahead and decided that I would go ahead and honor my father. Um, but first, before we get into it, let me just say that I have interviews with Phil Lawler and uh, Adrian Rink of Yonder Child Media coming up soon. Phil Lawler of Adventures and Odyssey, of course. Um, second time I've interviewed him. If you haven't listened to the first, go check it out. Um, and I think that's mostly it. I didn't go with the hat today. It just didn't feel right for this episode, but, um, I have a, uh, a document I'm going to share with you guys and I'm going to kind of, you know, tell the story and expand it from there. I was looking too for a banner that someone made, but I'll get into that in a minute. And I, I couldn't find it at the moment. I know I have it. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, this is, um, a copy of the... Council of Chalcedon, which was a church that I attended uh, growing up until about uh, from zero to like two or three, and then from like 11 until my early 20s, I want to say. Um, and then I think we came back again, yeah, and I, I some of my late 20s was, was at uh, Chalcedon and Heritage Presbyterian Church, which was an offshoot, um, the, the same same pastor at both of those churches joe moorcraft i've talked about him before i'd love to get him on the podcast sometime might be able to sometime but i don't know we'll see um anyway i i specifically wanted to get into this uh one in particular this is from 1987 uh this was this has been kept since then um there is a specific story in here you can actually see this picture of my father um uh, let's see if I can get that close enough so you can see it. There he is. Oh, turn it this way. Yep. There's a picture of him. And uh, his name was Keith. Uh, and this is a story about him. Headline. Chalcedon member shot five times in the head. Sings in church choir six days later. A testimony to the gracious providence of a sovereign God in the protection of his people. I love that puritanical title. Several weeks ago, Keith Ling, 28-year-old member of Chalcedon Presbyterian Church, was shot six times, including five times in the head, in connection with an attempted robbery at his place of business. God protected Keith in a singular way by his marvelous providence, so that not only was he not killed or permanently or ser and seriously injured, but he was able to attend church six days later where he sang in the choir as usual. But let us allow Keith to tell you the story with his own words. 
whatever. You, and then it has a Bible quote before we get into my dad's quote, which is weird. But whatever you do, do your work from the soul as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. On many a Monday morning, I have needed this reminder to keep going. As receiving manager of the largest retail and wholesale paper store in Georgia, my early arrival on Monday morning is imperative. Commuting to the paper shop in Doraville from my apartment in Roswell usually requires 30 minutes. Often, it is hindered by the train to the General Motors plant. That morning, Monday, July 13th, that hindrance was absent. I parked my car in back as usual and proceeded around to the front door. About halfway, I was approached by James. James had come to us through a temporary agency four months ago. James quit about a month and a half ago because he and his wife became seriously ill. James stands 6'3 and weighs about 145 pounds and bears a strong resemblance to the actor Lou Gossett. We both smiled, greeted one another, and shook hands. James explained he had another temporary job nearby and had another, uh, and since it was early, stated, I thought I'd, I'll stop by and see old Keith. James had been a very likable employee. I never hesitated when he asked to come in. As I shut off the alarm, James asked to use the phone. Sure, I proceeded to turn the warehouse lights on. James yelled, have you seen any of my tapes around here? He had left a cassette tape in the back of the warehouse where the radio was located. We walked back to the warehouse desk and I retrieved his Chicago 18 cassette. James stated, I'm sure I had another one back here somewhere. Check the middle drawer. I opened the drawer and leaned over. Immediately, I heard a loud, dull clunk and, and felt a sharp pain in the back of my head. I stumbled, but, I only, but only came close to blacking out. I was struck about four more times before I was able to stand up straight. I heard a sharp snap and felt a burning pain in my forehead. Suddenly, James appeared on the other side of the desk, pointing a small, snub-nosed revolver. What are you doing? I yelled. Just lay down on the floor and you won't get hurt. James was obviously very nervous. I slowly lay, down, lay face down behind the desk. I quickly considered what James would do. Would he just go up front and take the money? As I raised my head to look, a shot rang out and pierced open my left bicep. I screamed in pain as blood splattered everywhere. As I screamed, the gun barrel approached my mouth and fired inside. My left rear bottom teeth were expelled. Blood poured from my mouth. Another shot hit my left cheekbone near the temple. All this happened with just in a f with, within just a few seconds. Suddenly, I felt the barrel against the back of my head. The realization I would die hit home. God, please help me! I screamed. Two shots followed. I instinctively got to my feet. James backed away. I didn't see the gun in his hand. I raised my right arm to slow the bleeding. I started toward him. You're dead now! I growled. James grabbed a paper wrapper and flung it at me as I ran toward him. He fled up the far aisle. As he moved out of reach, I ran to the front door of outside of the and outside. Somebody, somebody, please help me! I cried. I walked toward the road. The second car that passed by pulled in. The man quickly got out and ran to me. 
What happened? He asked. As I explained, he said, You're going to need a tourniquet. I'm going to have to tear off your shirt. This man worked quickly. The bleeding slowed immediately. He yelled to our business neighbors to call the police and an ambulance. Within five minutes, the paramedics arrived. They kept ta talking as they awaited the helicopter to Northside Hospital. The police questioned me extensively. It was very difficult to make myself heard with an oxygen mask on. The helicopter nurse said very little, though the whirring noise I pondered. Uh, uh, though the whirring noise I pondered, I had picketed Northside many times. This excellent center of healing forsakes the Hippocratic Oath by providing over a hundred a hundred abortions a year. I pray that our Lord may someday bring repentance or judgment to those who continue to destroy life. Four doctors were assigned to my care. My coordinating physician was a neurosurgeon. My father was out of town, and my mother waited nervously outside the emergency room. Dr. Moore examined my head. He left and told my mother, Keith is going to be all right. He was just shot five times in the head. After my wounds were cleaned, they gave me a mirror. What a mess it was. My mother and younger brother came in. She started crying. I sighed with relief when the nurse explained my schedule. Mom was assured I was all right and soon started questioning the nurse about procedures. My brother Brian assured me, you take it easy. The Lord's going to take care of you. In ICU, I sat up and enjoyed fellowship and prayer with a number of brothers and sisters from Chalcedon Presbyterian Church. My oldest brother, Mike, brought several friends from the Pentecostal church he attended, River of Life in Lilburn. Several of these brothers and sisters were fasting as well as praying. I stand convicted in my lack in this area. Praise Jehovah for those who sacrifice for the sake of their brothers and sisters in Christ. Other than a seizure the first evening, all went fairly well. I thanked God for my teeth when the doctor let me eat solid food. Many cards, flowers, and balloons also provided encouragement. My girlfriend, Kelly, kept me smiling often. That's my mom. Thursday morning, I had oral surgery. That afternoon, I read some scripture. Psalm 7 brought the sovereignty of Jehovah into sharp focus. Verse 1, O the Lord my God, in thee I have taken refuge. Save me from all those who pursue me and deliver me. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger. Lift up thyself against the rage of my adversaries, and arouse thyself for me. Thou hast appointed judgment. Verse 10, My shield is, is with God who saves the upright in heart. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verses 15 and 16 summarize the fate of the unrepentant. He has dug a pit and hollowed it out and has fallen into the hole in which he made. His mischief will return upon his own head and his violence will descend upon his own head. David celebrates God's justice uh, in the praise of verse 17. I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Tears of joy poured forth as I sang Judy Rogers, Jesus, our prophet, our priest, and our king. What a well-balanced worship song this is. It encompasses the giving of God's law. It points to the perfect fulfillment of that law in the sacrifice of Christ. Finally, it rests on the fact that Christ reigns and he will destroy his and our enemies. All this time I had been thanking God and he did not give me what I deserved that he did not give me what I deserved. All have sinned 
The wages of sin is death. As Pastor Joe Moorcraft has often stated, I don't want what I deserve. I don't want a wage. I want God's gift, his sovereign grace. Kelly and I grew closer as we talked and prayed during the week. Saturday afternoon, I was released and went to my parents' home. That evening, Kelly and I prayed about, our, and, prayed about and discussed our relationship. We had dated on and off for three years. It seemed that we had almost always reached out to each other when the chips were down. Although we had often sought to exploit our singleness in serving God's kingdom, it became apparent that we would serve Christ better together. Sunday evening, I asked for prayer at Elder Bill Brown's home, where a number of Chalcedon members were met for uh, members meet for a snack, often a meal, fellowship, singing, and prayer. Monday evening, I asked Kelly to marry me, and she said yes. What a blessing this week has been. Monday morning, God spared my life. I could very easily have been killed. The encouragement, fellowship, and prayers from my brothers and sisters in Christ were a true joy. The Minkoffs sent a wonderful poster they made proclaiming Psalm 34-7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. It included well wishes and a drawing of two angels stretching a gold banner over me while James shot his gun. That was the banner I told you all about earlier. I do have it. I just can't find it at the moment. It included well wishes and a drawing of two angels stretching a gold banner over me while James shot his gun. Out of a cloud, uh, out of a cloud above came the words, well done, my angels. The Minkoff girls came up with this idea themselves. I praise our Lord for covenant children such as these. That first Sunday evening, Judy Rogers sang a new song based on portions of Psalm 119. I nearly cried when I heard, How great, O Lord, are all your tender mercies. Preserve my life according to your love. Judy has a special gift for writing worship songs. I pray that God will continue to use Judy in this area. Many people told me I was lucky. I asked them if they thought it was just luck that I survived four shots to the head, one in the mouth and one in the arm. Almost all the doctors stated it, wasn't just, it just wasn't your time to go. We can't always understand why God provides trials in our lives, but we can remember David's words in Psalm 34. And then he has the whole entirety of Psalm 34, which you all can read and as, as yourself. James turned himself over to the police the following week, uh, of the following this attack. Excuse me, not this week. Fol uh, James turned himself over to the police the week following this attack. He has been charged with two other armed robberies, attempted robbery. He did not take anything at the paper shop. He even left his gun on the desk. Aggravated assault, attempted murder. The felonious possession uh, uh, and use of a firearm. His probation, which was scheduled until 1992, was revoked, and he was denied bond. Two weeks following this ordeal, I was back at the paper shop. I praise God that he has preserved my life according to his love. Praise Jehovah for the sweet fellowship of the saints. I praise our Lord that he has given me Kelly, and if he wills, we will marry on November 14th. They did. This fall. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Keith still has bullet fragments in his jaw and a bullet in his left arm, which the doctors determined to leave there, at least for the time being. But he is well on his way to a full recovery. 
We thank God for this sign of, mer of his mercy and care for poor sinners redeemed by grace. So that really does cover the entire story really, really well. Um, at least of that event. Of course, my mom and dad got married, had me. I'm here years later to tell about it. Every time I told that story while my dad was alive, you know, I always joke that it was the, my dad is tougher than your dad's story. My, the best, my dad is tougher than your dad's story. But I meant not just my, my, my earthly father, I meant my heavenly father too. And um, it was always, it always brought a smile to his face to see me tell that story. I always loved stories. He always loved music. And because of that, we had a lot of getting along and a lot of butting heads. He trained me to be a mobile DJ, and I followed along and was able to incorporate a lot of the things that I loved about story into the DJ business. The pacing of songs and the sequential order were fascinating to me. Being able to move a crowd one way or another with uh, just pre-recorded sounds. And... Um, the way he joyed in music, I always joyed in story. And this was, when I told this story, I think it was one of the times that he was able to really see. And he saw, much, like later on, and especially toward the end of his life, how much God had given me through stories. And through music. I was talking with my mom this morning about it. We were both missing him quite a lot, you know, with birthday coming up. And um, it's one of those things where we were talking about some hymns and psalms and things that meant a lot to us. And I was bringing up some stuff from Psalm 19 and the way he, uh, my father would use, um, uh, you know, the sweeter than honey and the honeycomb to really drive home to me how important God's word is and how much he loved it. And the Judy Rogers songs that were mentioned in this article. Judy Rogers was the sister-in-law of Joe Moorecraft, and she still puts out music. She's really great. You should check her out. Um, wonderful children's songs, especially. And my mom sang particularly. My very first memory is my mother singing me. Jesus, our prophet, our priest, and our king. The one that my father mentions in this article. And if you uh, can look it up, it's I, I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify um, and other places. You can look it up. Jesus, Our Prophet, Our Priest, and Our King by Judy Rogers. That song is my absolute earliest memory before I can remember sight, before I can remember sound. I can barely remember touch and smell. I remember being with my mother and hearing her sing that to me to help calm me to sleep. That's the first melody. That is the most ancient melody in my bones. And it came out of this. <laughs> the, the attempted murder that solidified and galvanized my mother and father together. And she thought he was crazy. That's the other part of the story it doesn't mention. She thought he was on pain meds, which he was, but they weren't as bad as she would think. Um, he was serious. And uh, God used all of that to bring them together and to bring us to me and my children 
and I pray that he continues to grow that. This is what being your family's bard is about. Tell the family stories. Weave the lore and the context for your people. Be your family's bard is a real, real, real thing. It's not just a marketing ploy, right? It's not just a fancy title that I came up with for my mission to all of you. I really, truly mean it for my family, and I hope you do too. And with all that being said, be your family's bard. Do not turn to the right or to the left, and the Lord will be with you wherever you go. Thanks for listening to Poets at War. We'll talk to you all soon.